Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. All right, I want to thank everybody for joining us again. I'm super excited for our speaker and coach that we have on today. We have servant leader Reggie. He is the head men's coach, well, baseball coach at Tuskegee University, HBCU. Stand up. I'm an HBCU alum myself, alum Livingstone College, shout out. So when I saw that, I was super excited. And I got to say this, there's so many speakers that have come on so many leaders that have come on that I still hold true to my heart and hear things that they say, but it was just a bit different when I talked with you. And we were just talking about that before I started this session today, just about how you know God's people, you know, and it's just amazing. We talked literally for a minute and boom, it was almost a click. I could just sense the presence of God on your life, uh, the joy and presence of him in your heart. And so I'm just super excited for you to share all of that has gotten you to that. Thank you so much just for being here today. And I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you, man. Well, hey, Chelsea, thank you for having me. Um, as we spoke on in our dialogue uh, over the phone, you you just have an unmatched spirit. And so I just appreciate you welcoming me on to your platform and for me to speak to coaches that are here and listening. Um, I'll just tell you this. I'll start with this. Um, God's been truly amazing and unreal in my journey and anytime I I share with my players anytime you witness something that's surreal or or something that the human brain can cannot fathom that is God it's it's truly God so I'm just grateful to be here Um, again thank you and I hope that you know I have something uh, through the course of my journey that can touch uh, those listeners out there Um, So I guess I'll just start off. I I have to start off with uh, my favorite scripture, um, the scripture that has gotten me to where I am. And that's Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already accomplished or obtained this um, or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to make it my own as Christ Jesus has made me his own. Um, that, That has truly been a staple of who I am since uh, I would say the year of 2000, 2006. Um, I, I, would, I would always carry this scripture uh, dear, dearly and close to me. I, I had it on my cleats. Uh, so it didn't matter whether I was on or off the field, this scripture was always somewhere near. Um, and that kept me just pressing on uh, because there, there are always gonna be hurdles. Uh, that come in your life, difficult situations, difficult times. And this is just one of those scriptures that reminded me, hey, Jesus has made you his. Just keep pressing. Just keep pushing. And um, that's that's a big, big thing in my life. So I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, better known as uh, I would say College Park, Georgia, actually. Uh, you know, um, grew up um, in a household of three. 
I am the youngest, all males, um, and my dad is a pastor and, and was a pastor for 40 years. He actually just retired. So uh, if you see that spiritual, you know, feeling on me, in my voice, that's, that's him. That's a little bit of him in me. So um, I'm very grateful to have him as a leader and a guider uh, of my life. And so, you know, I grew up in church. Um, but the one thing I really could appreciate about my dad is uh, when church was church, it was church. But once he got home, he allowed us to be ourselves and have a balance. And, and, and figure out things on our own. So it was never pressing, uh, but it was also always a staple um, in my life. God was always a staple. So no matter if I turned from it through my journey, um, you know, once I got out the house, it, it, God was there. God was, it was still in my life and uh, I could truly accept God for myself. Uh, so I appreciate my dad for that. But just to, just to go into a little bit of my journey, um, I started baseball uh, at four years old, um, and, and I'll, t I'll go into a little detail because it'll make sense later. It's something I did not discover until uh, really now. It didn't reveal until now, but I, was, I started at four. Uh, we had a, a special team uh, when I was the age of six, and there were only two players out of 14 that knew how to catch um, the baseball. So I... I I was looking around at my coaches and, and my brother. Uh, he's, he's really instrumental in, in, in my baseball success, and he was my coach uh, early on. So I'm looking. I'm like, how are we going to win games? Uh, we only have two people that can catch. So uh, believe it or not, um, the, the, my, myself and uh, my other teammate, Kevin Lowe, I remember it like it's yesterday, we taught the team how to catch. And, and when I come back to that story later, it, it'll make sense. I'll tie it in to where it makes sense. So, again, I had a great, great journey uh, as an as a amateur ball player. Got an opportunity to play in high school. I graduated from Benjamin E. Mays High School in Atlanta. Um, very respectable high school uh, out of the APS system. I'm proud APS grad. Um, and got an, got an opportunity to uh, play baseball at Tuskegee University. Of course, just like most of our youth, we, we inspire to, you know, make it pro or have the D1 dream. But later I, I learned that everybody has a different route. So God took me to Tuskegee, which was a family school. Um, just to be honest, when I got there, I was like, oh, no, I think I made the wrong decision. God, what did, what did I do? Uh, this program is it's abandoned. It's undervalued. Um, I don't know if I can grow here. So, you know, I had to really seek God through my journey. And once I got there, I uh, played four solid years, had a good opportunity uh, to go and play professional ball, which I did overseas for a while. And, but the, the unique part about my journey was senior year, um, God really spoke to me and he got my attention. And uh, the way he got my attention was the AD called me in for, for a brief meeting and asked uh, at the time, Alvin Jackson, he was the AD um, here at Tuskegee University. And he asked me, he said, coach, um, are you going to graduate? Are you on track to graduate? I said, yes, sir. I have six credit hours left. Um, I'm looking forward to graduating because I'm trying to pursue my professional career. If you don't mind me asking, you know, what, what prompted the line of questioning? And uh, he said, well, coach, I want you to be my next 
uh, coach here at Tuskegee University. And I looked uh, with a stale face. Nothing, I had never thought about coaching, you guys, never. Never had I imagined uh, coaching. And so uh, I was just kind of focused on my professional career. But, but to say the least, um, I did that for a year, came back, took the opportunity. And so I looked my dad in the face. I said, Dad, you've provided me everything as far as from, from the spiritual aspect to, um, you know, things you've sown into me. Uh, and taught me through my life, and my and you've you've given me everything I need to go into my manhood. I'm getting ready to leave the house and and go and pursue this uh, coaching career. But hey, little did I know, God had some hurdles waiting for me. Um, and so I took the job, got to Tuskegee, and to be transparent, uh, financially things weren't aligned. So I had a decision to make. You know, do I stick this out? Do I go and take the corporate opportunities, um, you know, that I had available? And God was like, no, son, I need you here. I need you here at Tuskegee. Um, there are some things I want to do with your life. And by me being in tune, so the main thing that I want to say is please gain your own relationship with God for yourself, not for anybody else around you, for yourself. And that way you can get in tune with where he wants you. You can get in tune with what he wants you to do, the people he wants you surrounded with, the network, and, and, and it all just kind of made sense. And so I, I, I did three years of volunteer coaching. Uh, so I had to figure out, hey, how am I going to pay my living? I have to still have to pay bills. I have to eat. Uh, so, you know, from 5 a.m. to to four in the evening, I would work Tuskegee for no money um, because I knew God had aligned it. Now, did I, did I think <laughs> this is something that I should have been pursuing after not getting paid? Of course not. The human in me didn't. Of course not. But I had to spiritually trust God. And so with me trusting God, he opened up opportunity. I would train um, in Auburn, Opelika, which is 20 minutes, excuse me, 20 minutes away from Tuskegee, uh, to make my living. Yes, it was long, long 14, 15, 16 hour days for three years, but God soon started to show me why he wanted me to sacrifice that time up front. And so as a result of that, I'll go down real slowly um, a list of blessings that he brought after that. Not only was I uh, for my young men daily and sending them into the real world prepared as a he, he then, in return, made me the first full-time hire assistant coach in Tuskegee University baseball history. There had always been a football coach that would, that would kind of guardian the, the baseball program, the most knowledgeable football coach. But here I am making history, the first assistant. Then years later, I was the first full-time head coach, which I, you know, handle that position now. And uh, it's, it's just – the list goes on and on. We, we, we made history. Um, we, we recently, we've had a partnership with uh, the Atlanta Braves and Coca-Cola United. He brought all of these networks, um, you know, and, and just kind of made them work together. So, you know, now when I look back and I say, hey, man, I was doubting and, 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 and downplaying this opportunity here. Look what God had for me. So if I had been rebellious and not in tune, 
um, you know, as we talked about with that relationship, I would have missed my opportunities. And, and here we are now today, you know, we're, we're a successful program headed in the right direction. And here I am able to make history at a place that I attended, um, you know, as a child uh, for, for several homecomings. As you know, our HBCUs, those are huge homecoming platforms. So I was a child here like, hey, Dad, they're abandoning the baseball field. He was like, yeah, you know, we got some work to do. And um, I'm, I'm just like, ah, that's not how it's supposed to be. And here I am, 20-something years later, able to change those dynamics. So sometimes you don't see what God's doing. God, and so to go back to my T-ball days, he was already preparing me for coaching. We, when we were teaching those kids how to catch, I was already coaching. Next level at Mays, it was another undervalued program. I was teaching. I was implementing, you know, uniform packages for our players. I was a leader on the field. And God, every step of the way, he's been preparing me for what he has for me right now. And so to be able to sit here and stand here on this platform and, and speak about the journey, it's amazing. You're going to see the fire, the passion, the energy on me. That's because I can't stop thanking God. Uh, because without him, I would not be here today. And um, lastly, I, I, I just have to, God has a sense of humor as well. So last year, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the uh, baseball um, convention, ABCA. It's the American Baseball um, Association, Coaches Association. So the biggest platform in baseball, right? So you, you have about 7,000 to 13,000 in attendance to this convention every year. So last year, you know, I really wanted it bad for my coaching staff because they had never um, experienced the convention. And, and I think networking is very key to, your, to, to vital success uh, in your career line. So I wanted to get the guys there, but ABCA had cut off the deadline um, and limit for people who could attend. Um, and, and we missed the deadline. But I told my coaches, I said, you know what, we're going to go anyway. Um, we're going to go up, shuttle up, get a hotel, and go in the, for, the forum area and, and just network. You know, I know we can't get inside of the actual um, convention this year, but, hey, we're going to go anyway because there's some type of opportunity that may be lying there uh, even though we can't get in to, to educate ourselves a little further on the game of baseball. So here it is with God of this sense of humor. So I had a couple of coaches uh, that were really giving me a hard time about not being able to, you know, make the deadline, get in the convention. Uh, so, you know, we heard it the whole three days that we were there in Nashville last year. We heard it, and I, I was just like, oh, man, this is, this is okay. This is the joke. I'm the butt of the joke. Uh, fine. So here it is this summer. I get a call, and it's the um, arranger for the um, clinic, the clinic speakers. He calls me, and he asks me, um, you know, we would like to have you as one of the 22 clinicians to actually speak for the ABCA platform. We noticed you last year. Um, you know, we noticed you last year and got word of you last year at the convention. Uh, so I, I, tell, I tell people all the time, God has a sense of humor. But if you're in tune and you're connected, you will never miss your opportunity. It may not make sense at the time, but you will never miss your opportunity. And you'll always be in the right place at the right time for the right moment.
And so I, that's just a little bit about what I want to share. So I, I'm excited to be able to get on that ABCA convention because we went from not being able to get in to now being on the stage. And, and, and I just have to say, God is good. God is good. Now, let me tell you something, okay? I was joking with another coach the other day and said mm -hmm. I have my shouting shoes ready for the speaker after he tweeted something that's going to come on tomorrow. But here you are, and I promise you, mm -hmm. if I wasn't feeling how I was feeling, I was going to take off just then. <laughs> or that God has a way, and your energy mm -hmm. is something else. And little did mm -hmm. I know when you told me, when you and I spoke before we started this day, and I said, you learn when you're in tune with God that God doesn't do anything to you. He does things for, for you. you. Absolutely. And little did I know when you sat here and said, oh, you're right on what I'm speaking about today. Mm -hmm. Did not know that you had this, mm -hmm. my brother. That's just how God Absolutely. Works. Wow. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you have me over here about to turn up. <laughs> Let me get my bearings. Oh, my goodness. So, listen. <laughs> and typically, the funny part about it is when I speak to other people, that when mm -hmm. they're in something, normally they tell me that I've thrown them off their rocker. You got me thrown over here. Um, <laughs> thankful to God for it. You know, knowing that, you know, we talked, and of course, the coaches that are on the line didn't hear this part of our conversation, but you talked about mentorship. Um, Absolutely. I think that is huge. I think that is huge that as coaches, sometimes we see coaches that, you know, quote unquote, make it. They get to that head mm -hmm. mark and they forget that servanthood piece of mentorship. How important is mentorship to you? And what would you say to, you know, coaches that are climbing that ladder to help them remember to reach back and help those that are following? Wow, that's a great question, Chelsea. Great question. Uh, mentorship is is number one. Uh, each one, teach one is something that I put into my players. Uh, we always instill that. And and so with with having the platform that we have, I think it's very vital to go back because a lot of us sometimes we forget. We often forget that someone did it for us. Someone did it for us. And so um, if, if someone's able to sacrifice that time to get us to where we are, we're, we're no better, um, you know, because if we, if we can't serve, then, then we don't deserve to be, be where we are because that's what life is about. That's what God embodies. He embodies service. service. And uh, so mentorship is, is, is top priority for me. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to have, you know, 35 young men that I mentor on a daily basis. But even outside of the young men, I, I think one thing that sticks out for me is on the recruiting trail, we see hundreds and thousands of kids yearly. And they kind of get a shock when I say, hey, no matter how this ends, whether you're whether you become a golden tiger or whomever you decide to sign with, I want to stay a part of your life. And that really shocks them and I truly mean it and so I have just as many guys that have never played for me that I keep in touch with daily than I do with my own players my own alumni that graduate out uh, so mentorship is important because you never know what piece of your life can really affect theirs moving forward and you never know when God will have you um, you know the timing that he will put in your life to to actually step in and and, and push them over that hump or you never know what we can learn from them as the men, as the, the mentor versus, you know, the mentee. Sometimes these mentees have a lot for us as well. That's something I learned today 
uh, with one of my mentors. He had something great for me that I can use now in my daily life. So I just think we're never too big to serve. Um, and anytime we get out, outside of that box of serving, God will take care of us. Uh, so we, we always have to stay aligned with that and, and never get too big to serve. I think that's huge. Never get too big to serve. And I think the other portion, and I know this to be true every mm -hmm. single day. I tell people, you know, all the time, I've been blessed to have a huge village of amazing mentors growing up. Absolutely. One of the reasons I heard you say, you know, I didn't think I was going to coach. Majority of the coaches that I speak to, they did not know that that's what <laughs> Right. It's like, really, I was asked, um, I was being interviewed about a month ago and it was like, you know, what was your plan? And I'm like, I'm glad you asked because coaching wasn't it, y'all. Teaching. Absolutely. But God has a way of placing you where you need to be. And when you, you know, submit to that, it's not just me helping these young ladies every mm -hmm. single day. It is something that they're teaching me. I've learned a lot of patience. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That, Patience you know, I probably wouldn't have known. Right. And it, right. You know, outside of these TikTok dances, they <laughs> right. But they do. And I think that was so amazing. But the biggest thing that you said is that we just we can never get too big to serve mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we have to understand where God has one brought us from. Correct. Order for, you know, Coach Paul, he's he's a coach that's normally on here. But of course, as the world has opened back up, we have different things that he coaches. But he always talks about being where your feet are. Always mm. where your mm. feet are. And, I and I think that's so amazing. And if we can't serve no matter where he takes us to, we forget those positions are given to us for our own merit. It's in order Absolutely. to somebody. So I think that's amazing, brother. I really do. You know, in talking about mentorship and servanthood, you know, one of the biggest things that I love is trying to understand the growth in a coach, the mm -hmm. growth in a leader. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, pan the pandemic has given us a bunch of time to work on ourselves. If you had to say a couple of things or one thing specifically, what has the pandemic taught you? Oh man, the, I, I would say the pandemic taught me, um, man, there's so many. I, I, I would just have to see what sticks out the most. It's actually taught me to be uncomfortable. Um, I think that's the biggest thing because Sometimes with uncomfortable, uh, when you have an uncomfortable state, you, you begin to grow. And so I was in my comfort zone a lot. And so what has happened during the pandemic, I've, man, it's, it's been Zoom call after podcast after this and that. And my weakness is public speaking. Whether you believe it or not, my weakness is public speaking and God is putting me into my weakness. And so I'm uncomfortable and I'm getting outside of my comfort zone and I'm growing. And, and I, I think this pandemic has taught me that being uncomfortable is a good thing. It, it keeps you from being stagnant. And uh, it, it, it continues you to new heights and, and things that you, you know, never thought about or never fathom. And so, yeah, I, I, I think being uncomfortable um, and, and growing and, and, and using that as a growth tool uh, is what the pandemic has taught me. Coach, I think that's amazing. I think it is one of the single uh, most mm -hmm. taught things to be able to be complacent, right? And it's Absolutely. because it's easy, it's comfortable, it's, I don't have to stretch myself out of the way, but it mm -hmm. is those uncomfortable positions that we learn and we grow. That's right. Keep coming back to it. If I were to title or label 
yours today is God doesn't do anything to you. He does things for you. And so you keep hitting that, Coach. I think that's amazing. I'm I like what Patrick said. Um, comfortable. Go ahead. I, I saw you, Patrick. You said comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. I like the way you put that. Oh, yeah, yeah Coach nicely, Patrick. Nicely worded. Absolutely. We have to be there. And I think, you know, I think more than anything, when we're talking about servant leadership and it, just to kind of take you back, we've now, we're approaching nine months of this thing, mm -hmm. right? And I think that servant leadership is one of the things we hear those two words and we think they're self-explanatory, but a lot of people miss the mark in that. Mm -hmm. So understanding, you know, you, Reginald Hollister, the roads you've come from, I truly admire you most because I'm also a coach that coaches at her alma mater. Mm -hmm. What does servant leadership look like to you? Oh, well, well, just to break it down, first off, uh, uh, being a servant is being obedient. Uh, I think obedience stands out in that word servant. Uh, so that's discipline and obedience goes hand in hand with servant because most servants are disciplined and obedient to what they should be doing because uh, simply because it's not about you. And so it, it takes obedience, sacrifice, and, 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 and those things to go into the servant, servanthood of, uh, um, side of things. Uh, but being a leader, I, 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 think, I, think, I, I think that's, to me, in my opinion, that's a natural thing. Um, you know, because some people have it organically, um, and then you have to pull it out of others. Uh, but being a leader, you have to understand that, you know, there are going to be a lot of things that you don't agree with that you have to do um, for the sake of whoever you're leading and guiding. Um, because it's, it's, you know, again, it goes back to that word uh, about not being about you. Um, you know, so a servant leader to me is, is, is all of those things that I named and um, just understanding the sacrifice, the obedience, and, and the, the humble nature that comes with it, leading and guiding these um, young men and women. I think that's so amazing what you said, right? Because I always go back to these that come on because I want y'all to understand something. As much as I sit here and I talk and you all come on, I learned from you all a great deal. I told somebody, I said, literally, y'all think I'm playing. I'm going to take all of these notes, march down to my county office, and I'm going to say, hey, this is my professional development. Problem. There you go. Right? <laughs> because go. I'm telling you, the thing, it, is, it, it, it truly is, in all seriousness, the very things that seem like they should be on the surface easy, they're not. Mm -hmm. mm. For some reason, as leaders, we can't comprehend it. Right, because in leadership, and there's a coach, his name is Sherrod Johnson. He's assistant coach at uh, St. Augustine University, mm. um, women's basketball. And he said it weeks ago. He said, um, we start doing things because in theory, it's a great God idea. Absolutely. But then oftentimes as servant leaders, when we follow through, that follow through doesn't continue with God's plan. It starts mm. out as a God idea. But then do we carry him through all the way to the end? Do we follow our obedience to what he's asking us to do to the end? Or do we start making it about us? And you just said leadership, it is not about us. And that is sadly one of the most prevalent things that we find in leadership. We switch to thinking that God idea now becomes our own. Absolutely. That's so amazing Absolutely. that you put that out.
Yeah. And you know, you know what else, uh, Chelsea? I, I think is, I mean, the Bible shows us that God sacrificed His Son, right? Yeah. So if God can sacrifice His Son and not make it about Him, come on here. How, how do we go through life and make it about us? It just doesn't add up for for those of us that call ourselves Christian, you know. So that's that's one thing too, you know. It it just doesn't make sense. So, no. you know, it can't be about us. And, and but in return, as I tell my guys, I, I give an example uh, through the game of baseball. If, if you have a situation in baseball and there's a sack bunt, uh, that there, there may be a base runner on and we need to get him to the next bag. And the batter sacks the bunt down. It does not count against you statistically, but it will advance that runner to help the team in the situation. And so I'm like, hey, normally what happens is if that guy gets that sack bunt down, what you'll see three or four innings later is the opportunity to actually get the hit, the big hit comes back to him. And so what I tell our guys is, hey, if you go and do for others, God's going to take care of you on the back end. He's going to automatically take care of you. So that's, that's something else that I, I try to drive home into my guys daily. They don't get that often, and, and, and so we try to really drive that home, and it, and it starts to make sense through the game and life. Coach, you don't want my knee to get better. I am convinced <laughs> that you do not want my knee to get better because I keep – I'm about to jump up out of this seat. Oh, my gosh. And I, and I think that is so huge. You are dropping some major nuggets and knowledge right here because that is just so true. Like, how, how many of us are willing to sacrifice for the betterment of the body? The body, yeah. Right. And I think it even goes back to, you know, the main beginning, right? We talk about the best example of a servant leader being Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Him, you know, God being able to sacrifice his son for us. He, you know, we, he already knows we're not going to get it right. We're selfish, but he still stands true and says for the betterment of everybody else, mm -hmm. for the good of the order, this is what we're going to mm -hmm. do. And so as servant leaders, we have to follow suit. We have to understand that for the greater good, that's what God is asking for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Out of the way Absolutely. for the greater good. That is amazing, Coach. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Let me compose myself. So, <laughs> you know, understanding that this pandemic, unfortunately, has, you know, created some ups and downs, some jobs mm -hmm. being lost, especially mm -hmm. within the coaching realm and leadership realm. What would you say to coaches who maybe lost their positions, maybe had to take a lesser position um, in this time where we know we trust God, but in those valley moments, it's a little bit harder to see them. What advice would you give those coaches that are trying to get back in the coaching game, maybe have lost their job within this pandemic, to stay sharp, keep their tools sharp while they're in the shed and not being used? Hmm. Um. Man, I this is crazy because I, I, I spoke about this with my wife. I said, hey, what we were talking about the worst cases that could happen in the pandemic. So I said, I said, Kim, her name is Kimberly. I said, Kim, what if I lost my job? Okay. And I said, this is worst case scenario. I said, but you you, you know what 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 advice I would give those coaches out there is something that I took in and heard. Never be too high to actually start back at the ground level. Because if you're available, be available. 
Um, because I know a lot of us college coaches, there are opportunities that we'll pass over because, hey, that's, we feel that's beneath us. And so I told her what I would do is be available for any opportunity. And, and, and that would then probably trickle me to, it trickle me into some territory to actually land back on my feet. And, and, you know, just, just honestly, don't be afraid to, you have to grind. It's a grind. So, you know, you got to, one way or another, we have to figure it out to pay those bills. So if you do what you have to do until you can hop back on your feet. And, and if that takes 16, 15 hour days, that's what we have to do. And, and, and along with that, just like you said, trust God. Trust God in, in, in a time of a need and, and, and be specific in your prayer life. Um, I think you have to be very specific. That's important. Um, sometimes we, we're, we're general and um, we, we're not specific in asking him for exactly what we need and want. Uh, so I, I think that's a big thing, too. And, you know, and then just it go, goes back to staying in tune with him because he'll he'll guide you to that place that you never thought that opportunity would come. So it, it just really goes back to that prayer life and, and not being afraid to actually grind, grind it out. He may want you to grind it out. It's a reason. It's a reason this happened. We got to seek the reason. Let's seek the reason, figure it out, adjust, adjust. That's, that's a big one. Adjust. We have to adjust. I, I had to learn that, um, you know, cause sometimes I, I, I used to, I was guilty of, thinking things should be aligned. No, that wasn't it. So being able to adjust in, in those tough times, um, that's, that's what I would be available, adjust, and grind. Now, those are the three things that I would tell, um, you know, those coaches out there in, in this tough time. Coach, I think that's so amazing. And I think the biggest piece is what you said is sometimes God wants us to be mm -hmm. moments, right? Absolutely. You have to grind it out. I actually – was talking with um, a couple of grants. They're actually a group, and one of us is a friend mm -hmm. of mine, a past teammate uh, of mine, and they're a group called Nova Wave, right? Mm -hmm. They're producers, writers, singers, whole bit. And one of the things she said in an interview, and, I, and we were talking about this this weekend, she said, you have to understand that God can't bless, and let me get it right, because it was like, <laughs> she said, God can't bless you if you're not willing to work. Wow. Because faith without works <laughs> is dead. It's dead. Wow. And so that's exactly what you said in a nutshell. Absolutely. You understand that sometimes God wants us to grind because in those valley moments, as I call them, those grind moments, mm -hmm. he can truly work with you. Correct. Seek him. If Correct. we never had a bad moment, a down moment, a grind moment, we may never seek his face. Mm. If everything mm. went according to plan, if mm. everything went well, would we truly, if we're honest with ourselves, would we mm -hmm. truly seek him? Will we Not spend time with him? Will we build our connection with him and our relationship with him? Because mm -hmm. we'd be so focused on the next step, the next win, the next progression, the next promotion. But it's sometimes in those grind moments, in those valley moments that he can sit with you. Mm -hmm. uh, McCullum from Florida A&M, he was on yesterday. And he, okay. us, he said, you know, the biggest thing is God has to isolate you sometimes. Those mm -hmm. valley moments are moments of isolation so he can mm -hmm. work on you. Mm -hmm. So he can build you, right? So I think it's so amazing when you said grind because when we, A, go through maybe loss of job, pain, burdens, that's not the time to just sit there. Mm. I tell people all the time, you carry an umbrella with you. Mm -hmm. You carry an umbrella with you. And most will say, well, is it supposed to rain? Well, maybe it will. I don't know. But it's 
not raining, but you have an umbrella with you. Absolutely. Right? Because you're preparing for those times. So the mm. fact of the matter is, those down times come, but when God is ready to bless you with your next, he's going to ask you. That's why this pandemic was amazing to me. People, I don't say things often, but it was amazing for me. Absolutely. Clarity. They said, well, they said 2020 was supposed to be 2020 vision. It was, if you were paying attention. Mm -hmm. This whole pandemic was grind moment for everybody, if we're truly paying attention. Because God placed all of us in isolation to be able to grind, learn, and seek his face. So I think that's so amazing that you called this out, Coach. Availability and grind. And, and one more thing to add. I'm, I hope I'm not talking too no, much. No, sure. Yet. Go ahead. Um, something else I learned a court, uh, along the way from my dad. I, he, he would always tell me, um, he says, God will take you to those lows because, because you are a leader. And no one wants a leader who has not been through anything, who doesn't have a story. And, and, and so those are those low moments as well. Um, and so he, we all have to go through a story if we're going to lead someone. Because I, I know I wouldn't want to sit in a church with a pastor who hasn't, you know, gone through things in the world, uh, you know, because it's, it's not really organic and genuine. And, 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 it, and it comes from a, a place of, of uh, a close place from the heart when you go through those things. And so that's, that's another thing. So you just have to accept those lows sometimes. And, and like you say, grind it out, grind it out. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, I tell people all the time that our test for our testimonies, we've heard it before, our message. Right. Mm -hmm. right? And if we didn't have those things, how do we know that God's a healer if we haven't mm. been? Mm. How, do they, how do we know he's a provider if we've never been in need? Mm. How do I know that as the old folks say, he could be a heavy load carrier if my load never got carried? Absolutely. Right. I wouldn't know that. And so, again, goes back and I will keep repeating this. I'm telling you this title for you. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> God doesn't do anything to you. He does things for you. Plain and simple. He's never, ever a God of hurt, a God of pain. God doesn't work that way. When you think in fear, when you think in pain, God does not work that way. I tell people that all the time. I know firsthand he's a healer. I think, you know, I use my cocoa butter, but I'm thankful for the scar that remind me on my knee that's been, you know, that's opened right. up five times. I'm thankful for the scars for certain, because it reminds me that God's a healer. And mm -hmm. I can tell somebody that, that's going through, hey, pray for me, coach, because this happened to my mom. This I couldn't tell you that he's a healer if I didn't know that. Right. I could tell you based off what the words say, but I'm here to tell you and can stand up and say, been there, done that, got a t-shirt for it. He can do it for you. Let me tell you what happened. Right. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that as servant leaders, whether we're coaches or, you know, principals or educators or whatever the case may be, when you lead people, they need to understand, just like you said, that I have a story to tell. And not only am I telling it, right? This is nonfiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nonfiction. I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. Because God is able to do it. And every time that I, you know, just listen to your story, and hear what you say and starting from start to finish, even down to when you were a young boy, right? Coaching those, you know, teammates on your team because they didn't understand the capacity level of baseball yet. I thought about Romans 8 and 28. Mm. Is that all, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He called you, you yeah. love him, 
So we may understand those grind moments, but the word tells me that all things, not some, not most of them, not a little bit of them, but all things work together for the good of them that love him and who have been called according to their, my purpose. And if we, if we carry out that purpose as servant leaders, like you said, if we move out our own way and understand it's not about us, mm-hmm. all things work together. That's right. That's right. Well, man. I can't fool with you, coach. Real quick. Yes. <laughs> I can't I'm fool loving with it. you today, coach. I'm loving this platform, man. This this is the best Zoom um that I've had um and that I've seen. Uh cuz it's it's just it's it's real. It's authentic. It's authentic. And I appreciate you that for that because it, you know, just as you and I were talking before we actually got started on this thing, I tell people all the time that when God speaks, I move. Right. And I've, and I've been, he's done a lot for me, not to me, for me that mm-hmm. I ask questions anymore. I just move, you know, you ever asked a, a young person, I tell my nieces and nephews, don't ask me why, just do what they do. Yeah, do I don't it. ask yeah. God why anymore. Right. Cause I've seen his prayers being answered. I've known his work. And at the end of the day, if I, I tell people all the time, I, I say this all the time, trust perfection, mm. perfection. Right. Mm. And if you're perfect, that means have no flaws we can trust everything else the doctors say take this medicine okay i'll do it how many times a day doctor right mm-hmm. and then on the back it's all these side effects but we still gonna take them right i'll get on the plane yeah every time <laughs> may not even see this pilot but i'm gonna get on this plane and i'm gonna ride i'm not even think twice about it he's gonna tell me that in an hour and 52 minutes we'll arrive i don't say anything about it mm. perfect man asked me to trust him and i'm gonna doubt that mm. So thankful for this platform because I tell people all the time, this was God. This still is God. I have nothing to do with it other than to be obedient, move how he says to move. And every single time my mind is blown because when he directs me to who needs to speak next, every time that follow through is what gets me. Hmm. Follow through. And this conversation is that follow through. Text through. off things that I've been talking to him about for me coaches to come on and say oh my god i was just thinking about that the other week and i didn't right. <laughs> boom because coaches need people the helpers need helpers yes. Yes. into Big everybody time. on a daily basis most times people don't understand what we do as coaches they just say oh they just coach on the sideline and that's it no they don't see the long hours of film they don't see the players calling us after hours because something is wrong mm-hmm. right see the the eons of time we put in and at the end of the night when we lay down to sleep we can't because now we're processing everything else that went on Mm -hmm. so this platform was created to be able to pour into one another with people who get and so to have people like you come on on days like today to just speak with so much transparency and so much conviction and so much faith and joy that's what's in yeah, that's what's so. in you and they tell us the joy of the Lord is our strength, strength yes. and I see it all over you brother I see it well I appreciate it I'm, I'm enjoying this time right here I appreciate Absolutely. it I'm, I'm learning look I'm, I got my notes going over here my journal's <laughs> going over here too now so, absolutely. absolutely coach I have to ask you this um, mm-hmm. because it is one of the things that I try to target as different coaches you know we lead young ladies young men how do you understand that your faith is strong and ever-growing in the God that we serve? 
How do you incorporate that or teach that or guide those young men that want to learn more about faith in God? How do you guide them in your program? Uh, well, just to, just to be honest, I, I show action daily. I think action is very important because uh, these kids hear a lot of words. <laughs> they, they see a lot of words on Twitter. Um, you know, I think action is important. I, I think, you know, as a, as a small, a small child, when you have a small child, he, he, he or she does what they see, you know, they'll, they'll do what they see. So I, I think that that principle kind of carries through the rest of our lives. And, and my guys, if, if I'm speaking one thing, if, but I am doing another, they're going to follow the action. You know, and, and, and so I, I lead by action. And so what I do daily um, in our group me is I'll cover them with a prayer. I cover them with a, a word of affirmation, um, you know, just to inspire and, 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 and allow them to understand that, you know, I'm praying for them, all 35 of them. Um, and, and then I, I follow it up with my actions. Um, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll do different, you know, events team team building but we'll go to church together but then no matter where we are god is still present and so i make sure i show that to them and i, I think the biggest thing is action because these 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 young men young women they don't want to they don't want to hear about it they want to see it and so you know from everything i do i make sure god is revealed through it and 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 once you're just really in tune it naturally kind of comes out daily and so that's that's something uh, that I make sure that I, I really suit up my actions and, and, and show these young men, um, you know, the way to go and that that you can't live without them. You know, th those are the most important things that I do, you know, show them that you can't live without them, show them how to how to seek them and, and just follow all of that up with action. That's and, good, man. Yep. Oh, my God. That's mm -hmm. it. And you're right. You hit the nail on the head. This generation. You can be all talk all you want. Yeah. You, know? you can be all talk all you want to, but they yep. have and a lot of times they're watching even when you don't know they are. Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest Man. things that hits me mm. is, you know, I tell people about this testimony all the time. A uh, couple of seniors uh of mine one year, they watch. You know, we never throw it and try to beat them across them. We just live our life in the way that God would have us to live. And then that senior year we're at church and they give their lives to Christ. Threw us for a loop, hadn't told us about it, hadn't, hadn't inquired nothing. They said, well, we just want to know that same God that in the midst of that year, I had lost my grandfather. I had surgery a week before the playoffs unexpectedly. And we want to know the same God, the same person that still has you standing here coaching and motivating us in the midst of everything that you, I want that. I want that. I want that that joy that supersedes and goes outside of all of that. And it's amazing what you say that they watch. It's not about what we say, they watch. And I think that's so amazing, Coach. So amazing. Absolutely. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, you've been through you you've been through some stuff. Huh? Hey, listen, I tell people yeah. this all the time, you know. Story. You know, when when things get hard, I tell people all the time, you know, I just gotta think back. If I ever have a dull moment, I just think back. You got a track record. And if I sat down here and just started, y'all don't have enough time 
for me to run down, right? His track record, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. His resume for what he's done just for me. Absolutely. So when, when, that is, when that is something that you know and stand boldly on, you got to share that. And the same thing from you, coach. That's right. And I think that's how we connect it when we started right. speaking is that, that we, our, our, our joy and love of God met and connected. We was like, yep, I recognize that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I, I tell I, I tell our guys um, they ask they ask they ask specific questions and so they keep you on your toes. Uh, so the question I was asked last season, right before the pandemic, we were having like a a, a good. The, it really was an open dialogue. It wasn't necessarily devotion. It was just an open dialogue. And so it's like, Coach, when did you just know you accepted Jesus for yourself? I was like, oh boy, it's a great question. And and so what I shared with them is, you know, it's, it goes back to those highs and lows. You know, you can be on a high and you go to a low. And so my, my parents uh, actually divorced when I was five. So I had a unique situation. So normally, you know, child, once that divorce comes, child goes and live with mom. I live with dad. That normally doesn't happen. So I had my dad and I would see my mom maybe four or five times a month. Um, she lived maybe 45 minutes away, uh, but I was really raised by my dad. And so my mother and I, we weren't as close. So 20, I would say 20, 2010, she, she began to get sick. And so um, that kind of slowed me down on some things and woke me up. Um, and, and, and I asked God, I cried to God, that God, please mend our relationship. Please give me understanding and clarity because she was on her deathbed uh, in a coma. And so that is what really woke me up. And really that day, I told them that day when she went into that coma, that's when I asked, you know, for God to take over my life for, for me and not through my dad. You know, and so I told him he gave me the opportunity. She came out of the coma, but he gave us an opportunity for two years after that coma to really get close. And then she passed, but he gave me what I asked for. And so we had good conversation, got closer, really understood, forgave one another on things. And, and that's all I can ask for. And I told them ever since that point in my life, God's just been in charge of everything that I do. I don't do anything without him. And so it's, it's just, it's just really, um, like you say, they, they, they're very inquisitive. They're going to ask direct questions. And one thing I've learned with them is being transparent. The more transparent we are as people, the more that we can really get to the souls. And I, I've, I've learned that. And so transparency is key for me. So when you guys hear me saying things about my life and open dialogue, it's, it's, it would not offend my dad, my mom, nor any of my family because we believe in transparency and we believe in touching, you know, someone else who may be going through the same thing that can see that, hey, there's people out there that relate. So that's just, that, that, was, the, that was the beginning. That was the beginning for me. And so I'm very thankful for that moment. Uh, in my life. Absolutely. That's such a blessing. I um I was sitting up here 
so caught up in just talking with you and dialogue. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure that my coaches uh, that are on here uh, mm-hmm. have a question oh, or a comment or anything that they didn't want to say to you. So coaches, my bad. Uh, <laughs> because he, he he had me, you know, on my left today. I mean, goodness. If anybody uh, has a question or a comment or anything for Coach, um, please go ahead uh, before I take back off. <laughs> Coach Hollister, thank you so much for being on. Uh, you have truly been a, a blessing on this on this Zoom call. Uh, and you speak about, you know, transparency and showing our kids, uh, you know, our vulnerabilities are mm-hmm. so important. So thank you uh, for being on this call. Also, you, you guys, you and uh, Coach Chelsea going to make me pass around an offering plate <laughs> in about two seconds. <laughs> y'all going to make me, y'all going to make me pass out of offering plate. You know, I'm going to start the organ talking about some uh, time to give, you know. <laughs> All right, but this this is the uh, question. I, I was mm-hmm. talking to my wife this morning, and I was talking about how uh, when you were talking about mentorship and uh, for our African-American uh, young men, mm-hmm. for them having role models and how important that is. And what I was saying also is just having that, you know, showing them that vulnerability and being able to be uh, relatable uh, to our to our young men. My question for you is um, because I know our, ki- our our kids are distracted by so mm-hmm. many things. Mm-hmm. You know, every day is something different that distracts them through their phone, through social media, through their school life. Uh, What are some of the, with you being uh, connected with our young people, what are some of the uh, pitfalls that you see that they go through in in order, you know, to get through their uh, faith faith walk, you know, in in, in order, just, I know it's an in general question, but, and I know it could be a simple question or it could be really big, you know, but I just wanted to hear some examples of some of the pitfalls that they go through. I have two young men, I have two boys. And so I'm just asking that because I just want to keep that in, keep that in mind as I coach too. Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, it's a little different from, you know, the things we went through. That's right. They're they're They are seeking acceptance from the social world. Okay. You see what I'm so so that aspect right there is something that we really deal with daily. And okay. so we have to actually teach around that aspect of they're they're looking for social acceptance. And um, you know, social media it's it has so many dynamics to it. Sure. It's 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 a great thing and it's it's a frightening thing. Mm-hmm. You know. And so that's one thing I would say um, that we see a lot of pitfalls with social ex- acceptance on, on social media, um, okay. because it, there are a lot of people dealing with depression off of it. Okay. And, and see, if you don't seek these things, you will have no clue. You won't. And, and, and what happens is I just as a coach and as a parent, you, you'll just kind of know, like, mm-hmm. you have to really be in tune with your child and mm-hmm. see their patterns. So mm-hmm. I have to watch 35 different patterns every day, which is tiring. 
Uh, it, but it's worth it. It's worth it because I, I won't miss certain things and needs that they may need as an individual. Because mm-hmm. we're, us coaches, we're good at giving our guys what they need as a team. But what about the individuals? That's and right. so if I can seek their patterns, then I kind of get over here and pull them to the side and I get to know what's going on. A lot of it comes from social acceptance. That's what I'm learning. And, right. and that's, that's, that's a big pitfall. And it, it takes them into a deep hole, some in depression, some, you know, some, you know, they lose confidence in themselves. They try to compare their lives to the next person because right. he's showing this, he's showing that. And, you know, some things I have to tell them is, hey, some of that stuff you're seeing is, that's for sure. It is. Um, that person's really not living that life. That's right. You know, so that's not something we want to be accepted by. Okay. And, and as long as you're doing what you do in your daily life off the record, you're fine. Right. You know, seek what God has for you and not what he has for this person. Amen. And so that's that's a lot of what we deal with. It's, it's yeah. really tied into that social media, man. I didn't know it was as bad until like two years right. ago. Right. I really started to pay attention and I said, wow. Because right. to be honest, I wasn't on social media as an individual. We would mm-hmm. run our team platforms, but I was, uh, I was just, I got it. I got good insight from my mentors that, Hey, you need to get on social media. You're going to yeah. see a whole lot about what's going on daily with you guys. Yeah. And so I, I, what I do is follow their patterns. Yeah. So, you know, you have to follow their patterns and make sure they're not falling into any state of depression, any state of com- competitiveness with other people and what they have, you know, it, it, as far as, um, you know, as far as social media is concerned, uh, that's a big thing I deal with. I'm sure there are several others, you know, just as far as, you know, just as, yeah, just as far as balance time. I see a lot of that. Some feel stressed, um, you know, cause they, they're learning to balance and that's, I know that's what college is all about, especially with, um, I know Chelsea can say and all the athletes on here and coaches, it's, it's all about time, time management. That's right. And so some of them struggle with those things. So if you can, if you can provide a structure that teaches them time management, they'll really excel and and transition well. Um, Those are things I noticed. And a lot of my guys have no concept of time when they get to me. So I have to teach that. I have to coach that. And and, and you just have to, as a parent and a coach, you just have to be really locked into and, and, and okay with knowing that you have to teach that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know we don't have time sometimes. That's right. Uh, especially as coaches. It's like, ah, I'm, I'm supposed to be teaching X's and O's. But, nope, we really have to pay that attention to the human being first, and then you'll get the X's and O's executed. And, and piggyback on that, pan, that pandemic mm. has allowed us to slow mm. us down enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like I said, I have two young men here in my house, right? And awesome. so... I, you know, I'm, I'm a coach and I, I t- teach. And so I'm, I'm like doing 50 million things and everything. And so when that pandemic hit, it's like all of us here in the crib. Now I got, now I get you to gotta see pay attention. you do. Now I get to see your movement, right? You know, I accidentally fell into some of their, uh, some of their social media uh, platforms mm. by accident. You know, they're signing mm. into my iPad, mm-hmm. accidentally have on their Instagram. And I'm like, what? Whoa. <laughs> are you are you serious? <laughs> so I have to sit them down and let them know mm-hmm. how, 
how important it is. You know what I mean? And so with that, with that pandemic, it slowed us down enough mm -hmm. in my household that I'm able to like, okay, let's, let's get up, you know, let's take a break. Mm -hmm. Let's take a break. Let's deeply breathe. And then let's get, this, let's get this thing back on track, you know? So thank, thank you very much. for No problem. Me. Thanks for your question. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have anybody else? I don't want to leave anybody out. Okay, cool. Coach, I could sit here and talk to you for <laughs> hours. I really could. Likewise, likewise. One, you know, how many nuggets you drop, but two, just when you're in good company, right? Just, just good company. That is just one of the biggest things. And I'm just so thankful for the dialogue today, I'm for the information, the word from God, uh, your transparency. Uh, you know, I sat here and I was like, you know, there's just this passage of scripture that just kept hidden in my head as I'm sitting here talking to you. And, and, it, and it exudes through everything that you say and you do, which is why I asked you and God led me to ask you to be here today. And it's John 2. Two and six, first John two and six, which just says, mm. those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And I'm sitting here talking to you. Most people ask, why? Why me? Why did you ask me? I didn't. God led me to you. And that's wow. because you live your life as Jesus did. You walk the walk, you know, just talk it, and you live your life as Jesus did. When you serve, you understand it's not about you, it's about those 34 five young men that you reach every year but it's also about those that are watching you so i'm so thankful for just your words i'm thankful for your obedience i'm thankful for the man of god that you are and i speak the prayer of jabez all over your life all thank you program right now thank you. and i just thank you so much Need for being it. here so <laughs> i'm gonna give you the opportunity to say anything final you would like to say and if you wouldn't mind if you could close us out with a prayer that would be great yeah absolutely um but again chelsea thank you um for allowing me this platform um, and just allow me to meet, um, you know, some amazing coaches on here. And, and, and the first thing I want to do is anytime I, you know, have a have a platform like this, I want to leave my contact um, because I believe that networking is very important. I ne never know what, where we're going to lead to down the road. And I, I, I think, you know, you guys can use me and I need you guys and, um, you know, vice versa. So I would love to leave my contact. Uh, I don't know if I need to say it over here or put it in the chat. What's, what's Actually that? put it in the chat. Even okay. if you said I can cut it out, but put it in the chat. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I may want to put that in the chat. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you'll be getting tweets and texts and emails. Man, what's up, I, I wonder how some recruits get my personal number. And I'm like, how did and you, you get about it? to give it away? <laughs> yep. Okay, but but um, yeah, I would love to um, again. Thank you, thank you again. I enjoyed this time. It was it was like amazing, um, and and to be able to speak, you know, my journey with you guys has has it's just really been surreal today, and uh, it's really setting me up for practice. I'm gonna feed off this energy you guys are giving me to go into practice today, and um, I would love to close this out in prayer. Thank you, Coach. You bow your head for a word. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We humbly come to you, uh, just giving you honor, glory, and gratitude, dear God, for everything you place in our lives, dear God. 
thank us for the thank you for the hurdles um, that we endure. Dear God, thank you for getting us over those hurdles. Dear God, thank you for Chelsea and the servant leadership platform today. Dear God, thank you for allowing them to have me here to speak. Thank you for all of the listeners that will hear this. Dear God, we just ask that it's something in here that will touch their lives and and help them through their journeys. Dear God, dear God, we just ask that you just please the, plead the blood of Jesus over each of us. Keep us safe in a time of this pandemic. And dear God, we just ask that you just allow us to go out and live your word through our lives, dear God, and impact as many as we can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.